Hello everyone, um, we're coming to you from inside the TARDIS itself today. That's a first for the for the podcast, I think. We'll be talking about Legend of the Sea Devils and... Hold on, that's Liam at the door. Which one opens the door? Come in! Been waiting ages, Rob! Frick's Sorry. <laughs> Bloody hell, it is big in here, isn't it? Yeah. What's it like outside? Bigger. No, it's small on the outside. Oh. It's so much bigger inside. It's quite yeah. roomy in here. It's nice. Yeah. So, I thought today we could just go wherever you want to go. So you pick a place, you pick a time, and we'll set the coordinates. Um, hmm. Could we go to Berlin in November 1989? Berlin, November... 1989. Yeah, it's all set. Excellent. Right, so let's go. The TARDIS close to Bell. Imminent disaster. The cloister bell? Yes. What's that? Well, it's a sort of communications device reserved for wild catastrophes and sudden calls to man the battle stations. That's the cloister bell. Don't worry about that for now. It's not really terribly significant. The cloister bell? Oh, no. So, it's going to take a bit of time. Um, We're going to be stuck in flight for a little bit. So let's have a bit of a catch-up in the meantime, eh? Yeah, I suppose. Might as well. So, well, we could um, just sit here in uncomfortable silence until we arrive. We could. We could. <laughs> okay, I broke first. Let's carry on. Okay. <laughs> so, um, what have you been up to? Who have you seen? Where have you been? Um... Well, first of all, I, my voice probably sounds uh, a bit odd. Because um, you've been screaming at the laptop. Oh, yeah, well, that didn't help. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I thought I was going to be just... Uh, oh, this is going to be a great podcast. It's just going to be me in a constantly hacked-off mood because the laptop was uh, irritating. We, we actually uh, started recording 50 minutes behind schedule because of the damn thing. Um but all is well now. No, um, so yeah, screaming at the laptop uh, hasn't helped, but also because it's it's a glorious summer, the weather's fantastic, and, you know, the, the temperature's... Uh, it's cool enough a bit. It is a bit, but um, the temperature is still relatively high, you know, for, compared to sort of like normal British temperature. And I don't know what it is, but the temperature and the humidity and everything's completely knacked my throat up. So oh, right. it sounds like I've got a cold... And I'm constantly having to go, uh, 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 which isn't irritating at all. Um, and in fact, uh, last weekend when I was on, I don't know whether I mentioned this uh, in our previous podcast, but um, when I was on the metro uh, going home after being to the cinema, I just coughed. And it wasn't sort of like a big hacking cough. It was just, uh, just to clear my throat a bit. And uh, there was a passenger on the metro and uh, it really freaked her out. Really? <laughs> yeah, because you know someone coughed. It's like, oh, get a grip! But um, 
Yeah, so that's why I'm probably sounding a bit bunged up. I haven't got a cold or anything, it's just, I don't know what's going on, but it's the temperature's really knacking my throat up. I hate when I give people frights. You know when it usually happens? Uh-huh. I usually walk in a room and I'm like, don't get afraid. <laughs> <laughs> it never works out as I no. planned. No. We always scream. I just recently discovered... Right, okay, so the BBC have been doing... Um, have been celebrating their centenary. Because uh, it's their 100th anniversary this year. And one of the things that they've been doing is that on BBC4, every Wednesday at 10 o'clock, they've been showing some of um, their classic dramas. And I, this completely passed me by. I thought this would have been a big announcement. So they've been showing things like Kathy Come Home, uh, which I missed. Uh, there was um, Oranges Are Not the Only Fruit, the adaptation of that novel from the early 90s. Uh, but I think that's still available on iPlayer, so I'll, I'll watch that. But anyway, finally, um, became aware of this. And so there was... Uh, one of the most respected uh, dramas was from the early 80s called Boys from the Black Stuff, which I've been aware of for years, and I've seen clips of it. Um, and what, But finally, uh, was been watching it for the first time. So I've seen the first two episodes of it. It's fantastic. It, it's a really, really good, strong, engaging drama. Um, it's like one of those where it's like, why can't we get dramas of this quality anymore? I mean, we're probably too, because it's just like, leave me, you don't watch enough television. But I was thoroughly engrossed in it. So... It's, it's set in Liverpool, and it's about uh, a group of guys dealing with uh, unemployment uh, in the early 80s. Right, okay. Uh, and it's just, it's it's very grounded, very real. Um, and it, it's got that wonderful balance of, you know, the, the drama, the, this tragedy in there. I remember, the, the, for those that have not seen it, there's, there's something that happens at the end of the first episode... And it really surprised me. It's like one of, I've never had. You know, when you're you're watching a really good uh, television uh, program and you're thoroughly engrossed in the story, and then something happens and something bad. Well, not necessarily. I mean, in this case, it's something bad. But you know, just in general, something good or something bad happens, and you're so engrossed by it, it takes you by surprise, and you just go, you know, you, you go no, or something. You know, where you just vocally, <laughs> cut you. <laughs> Do you know what? Have you ever had that? Yeah. On occasion, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's been ages since I've been so engrossed in a drama like that where s- something tragic happens. I just couldn't believe it. It just I've, I vocally expressed it, and yeah, it's. It, it, I'm not surprised. It has a very, very good uh, reputation. And as I said, I've seen clips of it of because um, there's an actor in it called Bernard Hill, um, and I've seen because. Cl- uh, I've seen clips of the show, you know, because he's going around and he'll just approach someone, goes, "Give us a job, give us a job." Haven't got, you know, and um, so I've seen clips of it. So to finally watch it, um, just been really enjoying it. So um, what I'm hoping is to catch whatever series uh, that they'll be showing um, every Wednesday. Nice. Mm. Something to look forward to. Yeah. Well, actually, there's. Uh, uh, there is one which I'm really looking forward to. It's called Roads to Freedom. And it's, a bit, it's got a bit of an interesting story about it. So it was broadcast in 1970 and it's an adaptation of Jean-Paul Sartre's um, Roads to Freedom trilogy novels. And it's been regarded as, if not the best, and certainly one of the best things the BBC has ever, ever produced. It was only repeated once, I think, in the late 70s. And anyone who watched it it's always stuck with them, always remembered it. And for years, lots of people have been 
clamouring for the BBC to repeat it, to get it released, and all the rest of it. And for whatever reason, over the years, there's just been complete silence on this programme. And in, I would say, probably the last, say, six years, it's become more more vocal because I think for a lot of a lot of people thought that maybe it was wiped from the archives but then the B the the BFI British Film Institute um I think in 2012 had an event and they showed the whole thing in its entirety so people was like oh so it does exist and people at the time people of what who who watched it have been constantly trying to get in contact with the BBC and just no response whatsoever and it's mm-hmm. been really puzzling just absolutely nothing and um, I never knew that Colin Baker was actually in that series. And in the season 22 box set, in the, the Colin Baker interview, because uh, they're talking about not just Doctor Who, but his career in general, they mention his involvement in this show. Uh, so he talks about the character that he played, uh, a bit of the, a bit of the background information, how his scenes were recorded, and anecdotes about that. And I thought it was interesting that they didn't show any clips um, from that series, but they did have a couple of publicity shots, and I thought, is that the closest we're ever going to uh, get this shown? Anyway, as part of this BBC4 classic series season, um, they're finally going to repeat it. Uh, I think the first episode, because I think it's 13 episodes long, I think the first episode is going to be shown on Wednesday the 27th. Right, are they doing that weekly, or are they mm. just going to drop the rest of them? I'm not sure. I think they'll. I think they'll do it in stages. They might drop, say, they might drop three episodes, yeah, and then wait the next week and then drop some others and so on. I'm not sure how they're going to do it, but uh, I'm definitely going to watch that because ever since I became aware of the show and hearing people talking about it, because you know Peter Hitchens, uh, the writer and journalist, he's talked about it for years. It's been on IMD forums, Amazon forums. When I don't know whether they're still around, but. Um, just people constantly talking about it because yeah and so it's like fuck so my interest has been piqued and it's just like yeah i want the bbc to show this damn thing because because it sounds really really good and hopefully it live those uh, live up to those expectations and colin baker is actually one of the the last few actors involved who's still living and um he's going to do an introductory episode um before the first uh, before the first uh, episode of Roads to Freedom, actually talking about it, so I was like, "All right, fantastic!" So we're going to get even more information from from Colin Baker about it. Mm. So, um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. That's brilliant. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> how about you, Rob? How are you doing, and what you've been up to? Not too bad, thanks. I've, I'm on day one of five off work. Um, oh, excellent! I've got no idea why I booked a week off work. But yeah. I'm nice making the most of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I might have booked it in the wrong time of year by accident. But oh, how come? Never what do you mind. Mean? I don't know. Well, the kids are off school in a few weeks. I feel like I should have booked it for them. No, you need a bit of me. No, just time, it, yeah. I need, I need time. <laughs> need time to yeah, I know what you mean. Though, yeah, yeah. Drink heavily for the next week. <laughs> so I've been to see Thor: Love and Fun- Love and Thunder. It was All right, and pretty good. Um, just as good as Ragnarok, if you've seen that. No, I haven't, but I have seen clips, and that's the one with uh, Jeff Goldblum in it, and has a very mm. 80s vibe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah, seen that. It looks a lot of fun, that film, actually. It was, yeah. Um, the new one's got Christian Bale 
as the villain yes, or the yeah, god yeah. butcher. Mm-hmm. It has Russell Crowe as Zeus. Mm-hmm. Who flicks too hard. I've seen the trailer. He, he does flick too hard. <laughs> um, a lot of good stuff in there. There's things I want to say but can't say because it's a bit soon. Mm-hmm. But if you liked Thor Ragnarok, you'll probably like this one. So go check it out. Yeah, it's funny because um, when it f- f- when it first came out, it seemed to be it seemed to have a lot of well, not a lot, but I was aware that people would just seem to be dumping on the film, saying it's too humorous and ridiculous. But actually, there's been a bit of a flip this week um, where I've noticed people are just saying that actually it's a well made very engaging fun entertaining film so i'm actually the new one yeah yeah Um, oh yeah it's it's got it starts off quite quite heavy and emotional as well so there's it's quite a good plot there there's something that i just learned yesterday about it that's quite remarkable but it's quite spoilery so i can't say it (laughs) right okay So it's just like, I know something you don't know, and, I, and I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> no way. Um, I've got one episode left of Miss Marvel to watch, but I didn't have time today. Mm-hmm. So get, definitely get around to that tomorrow. I had a bit of drama today. I sent you a picture on WhatsApp. Um, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I went to drop the kids off at school, got a text off my wife. The skips arrived, but you you won't believe where they've put it. <laughs> and they'd load it into the garden on like a crane thing and just load it right behind the gate. <laughs> Forever trapped in your own house by a skip. Yeah. It's odd now, but... Yeah, did, so uh, did they well, move it? Well, yes and no. The, it's a... Uh, it was a medium-sized skip, still quite large, and I thought, well, they're going to have to come back with like a crane and move this. So, so I ring them up, and one guy turns up on foot. <laughs> I think, oh. Where's the crane? I'm looking down the street. <laughs> but um, well, yeah, you just we, touched we, it with one finger, and it moved. Well, between the two of us, we did manage to kind of slowly budget along a little bit. All oh, right, okay. Um, so that's sorted. So it's, uh, yeah, it's full of rubble now. Mm-hmm. Got rid of uh, kind of veranda at the back, which was getting old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think I've been watching much else. Uh, I was giving Loki a rewatch. Um, watching more Love Island than I care to because my wife was watching that. I'm not judging your wife at all. Yeah, um, <laughs> I was. Before we spoke, I was just speaking to Harry from Who Can Convince You. Um, I spoke to him the other night as well on Twitter Space. Just jumped in and said hello. Um, he was just out in the garden, banished because Love Island was on. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Uh, so coming up today, we are going to be talking about Legend of the Sea Devils. Finally, it came out in April. We did a, we did a call for listeners' responses. We've got a bunch we will read them out. We will honour them. We've also done a new call for listeners' responses. So we'll re- read them as well later on. And we'll do the first bunch as a bit of a retrospective. What people thought at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, uh, 
this probably has worked out from that, from that aspect because I'd be interested to see if there's any difference, like a sort of like uh, immediate response compared to sort of like people thinking about it a bit later on. Yeah, you'll definitely get my response in that respect. Right. But for yourself, have you only just watched it for the first time? I watched it for the first time today, Rob. Oh, I was gonna say, do tell what you thought, but hold on, Liam, hold on. Oh, okay. Okay. If I must. Um. So we're still in flight. We're, we're nearly... Where are we going? Birmingham? Brazil? No, Berlin. Berlin. <laughs> Somewhere with a B. Um, yep, we're, we're still in flight, so we'll be there soon. And we're, we're also going to be doing a bit of a quiz later today. And it's an interactive quiz for the listeners to play along with. They'll be going up against Liam. <laughs> I'm nervous now. I forgot about this. So we previously discussed Legend of the Sea Devils on the last episode of the After Show over on our YouTube channel uh, with co-hosts Shona, Carolyn, Matt, Mark, Luke and Harry. They'll be returning back on our YouTube channel hopefully in October time or whenever the centenary is for one final ever After Show. Um, But you can check out our Legend of the Sea Devils After Show. still available on YouTube now. Um, were you on that one, Liam? Or was it the previous one? Uh, yeah, I was on the uh, the Flux one, but not Legends of the Sea right. Devils. I thought it was a well, bit daft considering I hadn't watched it. Oh, well, point. of course, of course, yeah, we were yeah. there because you didn't watch it. But we did a we did a game. I made an interactive map on screen. We had a whole story where Liam had been kidnapped and a few other co-hosts, <laughs> and we had to rescue them. We were picking grid <laughs> references on the pirate map. Solving <laughs> riddles and clues and looking for Easter eggs because it was didn't, an egg hunt at the same well, time. Didn't I get kidnapped by Patrick Troughton or something? You did, uh, Captain Captain Troughton, the uh, notorious pirate. Uh, it's starting to come back to me now. That's yeah. the reason why I wasn't there. Yeah, you blocked the memories out. Well, well, I think it was today... knocked out at the time, and so it's it's a, no. it's a bit vague. I'm hoping nothing today triggers those flashbacks to your your kidnapping. We'll no, see. No, it was it was all a bit odd. It was all a bit underwater bit, menacey. Bit a... I remember. I think. Mm, yes. Um, let's mm. let's have a watch of the Legend of the Sea Devils trailer. Shall we put it on the scanner? No. Okay. No. Go on then. Coming straight for us. Where's the crew? That'll be us. We don't stand a chance. Yes, did you just stand up like this? You're like a kid sometimes. Thanks. Say hello to my crew. The world has been disrupted. Because of you. Because of what you unleashed. You want to create chaos. It's is our time. Man the cannons. The ship is going down. Well, that was good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, um, oh, hold on. I think we're arriving. Okay. Just looking at the scanner now. Where do you say we're meant to be? Uh, Berlin, November 89. Is it Belarus or something instead? Mm. 89. 1989. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, you did, you did, did you say that? I don't I'm think sure you know I did to begin with. Uh, Are we in, is it Berlin 1889? Let's, let's go outside and have a look. I'll get the door. Ah, seems nice enough. Yeah, fresh. Um, where the hell are we? I smell seaweed. Yeah, well, there's a lot going on. Um, we're in some kind of seaside harbour. Oh, it's Blackpool, isn't it? I don't know. Or was Let's it have bright? a walk around. Hmm. Um, we're not on the quayside, are we? No, that'd no, be a bit should... embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could have, I, I could have been there if I just had a ten-minute yeah. walk instead of that bloody flight. Again, hour in the TARDIS. <laughs> 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 well, I think we're in a. Looking by the, looking around, it looks like the mid eighteen hundreds. Hmm. Don't you think? Yeah, probably. Have you not got your sonic screwdriver to randomly wave around and actually tell us that? It's made of plastic. Oh, okay. That's it's just a toy. Got that for Amazon. All <laughs> right, okay. Um, well, we'll have a little walk around the harbour and we'll have a bit of a chat. So, mm. let's talk about the plot of Legend of the Sea Devils. Will they have a stroll? Legend, well, no. When the legendary pirate queen Zheng Yi Sao, alias Madame Ching, awakens on antediluvian sea devil extremist wakens an and am i reading that word right antediluvian yeah yeah, yeah. antediluvian sea devil extremist the doctor's tardis is pulled off course and team tardis must try to work together do team tardis do you like that better than fam yeah yeah mm -hmm. they yeah, must yeah. try to work together um with the historical rogue to save the entire earth um, from global flood, but amidst the high stakes, high sea adventure, it soon becomes clear that the stakes for everyone involved, even the Thirteenth Doctor and Yaz, are much more personal than a legendary sunken treasure or even the all-important keystone. Cast and crew for this one: we have Jodie Whittaker, Mandy Gill, and John Bishop playing the Doctor, Yaz, and Dan respectively. King Yi. Marlo Chan Reeves, Madame Ching Crystal Yu, Chief Sea Devil by Craig Els, Chi Hun Arthur Lee, Ying Wow David C. And we have a bunch of actors playing the Sea Devils too. Um Yeah, I'm thirsty. Are you? Oh, I am a little bit parched. Well should we go uh, find somewhere? What about this place? Looks alright. What are we going to do for money? Oh. Well, I've got my running shoes on. Let's just order yeah, something we can, and then we just can, go we can with, the with those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Give them your shoes. <laughs> no, that's, what not what, that's not what I was... Oh, oh never mind, Rob. Uh, <laughs> Let's have a look. <laughs> right, so what's this? The local tavern. Do you want to go get a table by the fire? Yeah, alright then. I'll get the drinks in. Two seconds. Right, um, well that didn't go well. I've got no money, remember? 
so no drinks. No, all right. Then. All right. Um. Anyway, so uh, we may as well do a quiz while we're here. Well, we're in a pub. May as well. Yeah, pub, pub quiz. Yeah. Yay. So if the listeners want to play along, head to our website. Go to the games page. But I'll also give you the, give you the address for that. It is cloisterbellpodcast.com forward slash legend quiz. And we'll give the listeners a minute to kind of pull that page up. In fact, um, Liam, is your phone still working? Uh, Did you bring it? Yeah, it's here. Uh, let's see if this page works. Um, I think WhatsApp still works in the, the 19th century. <laughs> so... My God, that's a miracle. It does. Right, okay, so I've clicked, okay. I've, I've clicked on the link. Yep. Don't whiz through it yet. Right, okay. So, you got it open, Liam? Yes. Listeners, have you got it open? Great. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's begin. Ten questions. Question one. The Sea Devils made their debut in which story? Bit of a tricky one. Fury from the Deep? Could it be the Silurians? Possibly the Sea Devils? <coughs> or the Notorious Warriors of the Deep? Cast your votes now. Liam, you are not going to reveal what answer you've chose. Oh, I'm not. Okay. You're playing against the audience. Right, okay. So I'll just select and then... Let's compare scores on their screen at the end. Okay. Great. Question two. You ready for this? Yep. I'm parched. <laughs> um, which other Doctor Who special was also broadcast on an Easter weekend? Was it the fabulous EastEnders special, Dimensions in Time? Could it have been the Children in Need special, Time Crash? Was it Waters of Mars? Or Planet of the Dead? Mm, that's actually a bit of a Mm, that's a bit of a tricky one. It's between two. Which one was an Easter special? Mm, all right, okay. Well, mm. Shall we move on? Okay, yep. Okay. Question three. Legend of the Sea Devils was first broadcast on BBC One in which month? February, March, April or May? Do you want me to repeat the answers? No, no, that's fine. I've, uh, <laughs> I've picked one. Next question, and I've lost count. When they were on the beach, on which hand did Dan have a pirate hook? Right, okay. I think I've uh, I think I picked the right one. Yeah. It's a 50-50. Yeah, you don't have to get 10 out of 10 as long as you beat the listeners. You're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Next question. What were the overnight ratings in the UK? 0.8 million, 1.45 million, 2.2 million, or 3.47 million? Next question? Uh, Oh, I need more time. Yeah, hang on. Repeat those again. Do you have this on your phone too? Uh... Are you keying the answers in? Yes. So, hang on. So, 0.8, 1.45, 2.2, or 
1.45, 2.2, or 3.47 million. Mm. Uh, right, okay. They're all, all yeah. relatively low. They are, actually. Um, okay, I've picked one. Which year is Legend of the Sea Devils mainly set? So, obviously, the main setting of the story in China when the team arrives. Mm-hmm. 1928, 1750, 1690, or 1807. You got a rough idea? I think I have, although I'm kind of thinking about it. Going, was I paying mm. any attention to the story? Um, right, okay, I've picked one. I think I've got it right. There was a giant subtitle at the beginning. <clears throat> oh, okay. yes, there was. It was in green. Okay, mm. I think I've picked the right one there. Okay. What did Yaz's nanny always say? Courage is knowing something will hurt and doing it anyway. Could it have been when nothing goes right, go left? Was it you can do anything? Or was it <laughs> who are you and how did I get here? <laughs> I wish it was that one. Uh, maybe actually, but it's not the one I've chosen. Next question. Who co-wrote Legend of the Sea Devils with Chris Chibnall? Was it Nicky Wilson? Haolu Wang? Captain Birdseye? <laughs> or Ella Road? Okay. Mm -hmm. Which 15th century ship sank off the coast of Sumatra, taking with it the Keystone? Was it the Mar de la Fleur. Was it the Black Pearl? Was it the Fleur de la Mar? Or was it the Jolly Roger? Oh. Bit of a tricky one there. It is a bit of a tricky one. Can you eliminate any? I can Possibly. eliminate two. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, there you go. Nearly uh, there. I mentioned it a few, quite a few times at the end of the episode. I kind of couldn't. Right, okay. I'll, uh, right, I've gone for one. Brilliant. The Hao Shen was a giant sea creature used by the sea devils. But what creature did fans presume it was going to be? A Silurian, the Kraken, a Merka, or Barrowman? <laughs> I'm just going off what I expected it to be and assuming that that's what fans also thought. Mm. Barrowman's back. <laughs> And he's big and fishy. Yeah. So, Liam, if you could hit the submit button, and also if the listeners could, if you could hit that submit button, and Liam, could you reveal your score? Ah, uh, I got seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. That's not bad. We want to know some listeners' scores. So, give us a tweet. Give us an inbox. Just let us know. Obviously, Liam, those responses aren't going to come for you right now. No, no, no. Because we're recording just this in the here past. Waiting. This is uh, the distant past. Yeah, and obviously if you've beaten that 7 out of 10, then uh, you've earned bragging rights. Gloat away for all your worth. So how's that? How do you like the new pub quiz segment? I quite enjoyed that. I'm just, I'm just, right, okay, so I'm just having a look at the questions that I got wrong. Obviously I'm not going to reveal them for, uh, I'm not going to reveal the correct answers. Um, mm. But I got the overnight ratings one wrong. Were you which end of the of the spectrum were you on? I don't want to say 
<laughs> I suppose you could edit this bit out, Rob. Um, but um, I was towards the the higher end. Yeah. Um, annoyingly, the correct answer was also the other one that I was deliberating with. So, so this, anyway, so I got that one wrong, and then always go where you got feeling. Yeah. Uh, I also got the uh, the question with regards to the co-writer wrong. Ah, uh, oh, right, okay. So the right uh, the question, 15th century ship sank off the coast of Sumatra, taking with it the keystone. You know how I was deliberating oh. between two? It was... Um, you got the wrong one. I got the wrong one. I had a feeling it was wrong, but I just, oh, I just went with it. Okay, so I got that one wrong. Um, Never mind. <laughs> but I got the rest of them right. Shall we look at some of the listeners' feedback from way back in that time it came out? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Easter time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Christopher Brett Hall said, It was a totally fine episode. Fun enough and decently paced. I do feel some ideas weren't as fleshed out as they needed to be, but overall, a solid episode. Mm. Okay. BT Fliberty Gigget said it was fluffy fun. The side characters all had big stuff hinted at, but no real arcs. Just here's point A, here's point B. If they got their mid sword fight, Loki throughout Thasmin would kiss and make April 2022 the official gay pride, gay pirate beach kiss month. But unfortunately not. Um, hmm. I think I agree with most of that, especially the 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 thing about um, going from point A to point you know point A to point B. Nothing. Yeah, I kind of yeah I agree with that. But anyway, obviously hmm. we'll talk about that a bit further. Yeah. Steve Hyatt said, "Very much enjoyed it. Uh, the Doctor Yaz moments were lovely uh, and acted perfectly." Very truthful performances from both. Oh, and the, and that trailer. Oh, yeah. Funny enough, um, I'd completely forgotten about that. Um, you had seen it back then, hadn't you? I had, yes. Because uh, f funny enough, um, my experience of it was um, when it first came out and people's reactions to it. It wasn't focusing on the story itself. It was focusing on the next time trailer because of the return of Tegan and Ace. God, that was on like BBC News. Was it? Blimey. Okay, yeah. yeah so I knew it was. That was big... that was how it was spoke for me. Right. Oh, right. Okay. Tegan and Ace on yeah. BBC News. Oh, that's a shame. But um, but anyway, that had completely. I'd for some reason I'd completely forgotten about that, and so when I was watching it. Uh, today and then it came to the next time trailer I went alright oh, okay that's um what I was surprised that there was footage to show I was like alright oh, okay so they've actually filmed it or filmed some of it and then when it was just oh it's Tegan and oh yeah I remember now I'd completely forgotten about it so I experienced the surprise all over again which was quite nice and I like how Tegan left because you know she was sick of all the violence and everything <laughs> and there she is <laughs> like a machine gun that's the thing um it's great to see Janet Fielding back and um so and abandoning everything that fundamentally makes her her <laughs> that's the thing it's sort of the, the thing watching the trailer i went mm, i'm not feeling that's the the character tegan what i'm getting from is 
that's Janet Fielding. They've written for the person playing the part rather than the character. That's the impression I've yeah, got. Yeah, Janet Fielding is a total gun total. <laughs> no, 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 that's not what I mean. It's just sort of... Um, but you can imagine sort of like having fun and wanting to do that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. you know how, you know, Sophie Aldred, Ace, is famous for beating up a Dalek with a baseball bat. It's sort of like, well, let's get Ace, a, um, let's get Tegan a bit of equivalent. Let's get her a big... You know, shoot someone in the face. <laughs> shoot, shoot, shoot someone's face off. Um, yeah, it's... It, <laughs> yeah. Alexander Grogan got in touch. Hi, Alexander. He said, I really enjoyed this special. Uh, granted, the next time trader blew it out of the water. Right, I like Yeah. Nice pun. Nice. John House said... There were some weird things that didn't make sense to me. I probably missed it, but where? But were the sea devils living in that monster thing? Well, I think that's a fair assumption. But no, I think this, the sea devils were in a subterranean cave. Yes, I think that. Yes, I think they were in a subterranean cave. But I completely understand why someone would think it was inside the monster because it's not mm. really. It's. You don't see it, or it's not explained that after the monsters... Well, does the monster eat the TARDIS? We don't actually see that, but we assume that it has. And then the next time we see Which the TARDIS... Which kind of brings it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I can, yeah, I, to, I can totally understand that. Mm-hmm. How did they get back on the Sea Devil ship? I thought they just... Is this in the end sequence? I thought they just Geronimo'd back across. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was interesting that visually we didn't see it. Mm. I thought it was using... You know how at the beginning where they're skimming the stones? Yeah. And there's that force field and it sort of skims along and then just flings off into the... You know, into Keep a different the skimmed. direction. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Yaz, I'll skim you across. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard it called that before. <laughs> but, um, no, I just thought... Because... the. the the ship, the force fields and everything like that, maybe they were using that. But yeah, it, it's just... the. Well, actually, we do see the sea devil jump across, and it looks mm-hmm. ridiculous, given the gap between the thing. It just seems to... Oh, sea devils seem to be able to fly now. Yeah. So they jumped, geronimo flew across. I can barely walk after I've woke up. <laughs> <laughs> Banging off all the walls. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Um, John also said also did it fade to black between the scenes for for you guys or was that just AMC plus here in the states unless we black did you black out or (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember any scenes fading to black does he mean I I wonder which scenes he's now John did it look like eyelids (laughs) (laughs) did you fall asleep while watching it Maybe it was that. Um, no, no I, don't, I don't think we did have anything like that. No, no. Um, Bobby D75 said, it was much better than the last Dalek special. Interesting. Me personally, I, uh, I disagree with that. I thought the Dalek yep. story was, was better. I much enjoyed that. But, you know, fair enough. Everyone's allowed an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. It's wrong. <laughs> um. Beard Moth got in touch and said it was very nice getting to watch my dad's favourite monsters with him finally lovely music, the heartfelt moments were handled really well 
but I'm not totally satisfied. And the costumes, oh my god, the costumes were so beautiful in this episode. I'm, I'm assuming the human costumes? <laughs> um, the, ne <laughs> the next time trailer made me cry. Well, that's nice. Yeah, especially with, uh, you know, sharing, sharing that moment with your, with your father and... Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, uh, seeing the return. I, I wonder how old the father is. You know, wh wh is his memory from the Sea Devils or from Warriors of the Deep? Mm, yeah. Surely Sea Devils. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. There may be people who fondly, you know, remember watching Warriors of the Deep back in well, well, I, I do, but um, I'm starting to come to my senses. <laughs> I'd look forward to a review that. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I think we're having such a good chat. I don't really want to go through the entire list of bullet points I've made on this story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Let, maybe I can just cherry pick. If yeah, you yeah, yeah. Have a little skim. Skim a stone. Um, let's have a little look. Um, okay, well, let's talk about the opening scene, actually. So, pre-title scene, Madame Ching arrives. She's hunting down the statue. What do you think of the Sea Devil statue and the effects of it coming out of hibernation? Um, Bit CGI and weirdly... Just well, weird? Well, my initial response to that was was going to be just, just shouting the word crap at you. But um, <laughs> I feel that's... Um, I, I, I want to be a bit more diplomatic than that. But now that I've let the cat out of the bag, uh, yeah, I, I didn't... Mm. Mm. Uh, it's probably just. I think that's probably the diplomatic response of. What do you think about that, Liam? I just go. Mm. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, hmm. Anyway, moving on. No, no. I mean, well, what were your thoughts on it? I didn't like. It didn't seem practical. I know we don't know the physics behind turning the sea devil into stone, whatever. <laughs> but like, doesn't it like its eyelid moves in stone? Yes. And yeah. then there's like CGI cracks. Yeah, stuff. It's. Ah. I mean, it's. Yeah. It's not just a case of I wasn't. I wasn't keen on the idea in general. If I we've seen I, too much of it. Yeah. Maybe perhaps. Um. But yeah, I think the realization of it was a naff. I think is probably the. Yeah. I, th I think it looks tacky. Yeah. And it's yeah. Uh, and when you're seeing um the eye move when it's still encased in stone, you go, hang on. It. it the C I don't think the CGI was particularly impressive but then it, that uh, personally speaking I think that's true of the entire episode uh, you know it's weird like the sea devils faces are respectful to what came before yeah but uh, why do they have to they've obviously made the mouths and everything move in post yeah yes it's clearly in post it doesn't look remotely real mm, and Traditionally, nothing would have moved. Even the eyes wouldn't have moved. I always thought that eyes must be like fish eyes or owl eyes. You know, <laughs> you know, owls can't move their eyeballs. Mm -hmm. That's why they get a jerk in the head <laughs> when they're looking at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but in this, these sea devils, their eyelids can move. The the mouths can wobble when they talk. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't. I... Maybe they should have just not moved. Um, well, it's it's one of those things where um, I can see why 
they did what they did. Um, but when you're when you're kind of watching it and going, well, the original story when we first see them, um, which is a beautifully designed uh, thing, but is just a big rubber mask. Yeah. And yet, I much prefer that. I'm, I, I find that, yes, it's clear, very well designed and very well put together, but clearly a rubber mask. But I find it's very easy to suspend my disbelief with that than with the CGI that we get here. Yeah. I feel like we wouldn't have got any of the CGI had this been um, the 2005 era. I feel like it mm. would have been... Possibly they would have had one hero prop. It was a bit of animatronics. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. And 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 otherwise, possibly not. Mm-hmm. No. It's it's interesting with regards to CGI because obviously we know that an awful lot can can be done and can be made. And really, what it comes down to is budget and the time and the power that you have to render these effects. Yeah. But I think we are about to enter a phase where we're go- th- this whole thing is going to raise um, a lot of questions for a lot of people. Because, for example, I'm going off on a bit of a tangent. I won't focus on too much on this. But you know the recent Bond movie, No Time to Die? There's, um, yes. Uh, there's more and more information about the, how the, the production of that film, which is coming out. And the amount of stuff that was done in post has surprised an awful lot of people. And has actually, but at the same time, is also what dis- kind of stuff. Um, I don't. Well, I haven't read the the, the full articles on these. I'm, um, but I know, for example. So, do you know the the stunt in which um, Bond, this is in the pre-title sequence where Bond's on the motorbike and he sort of um, skids up a building and then arrives onto uh, into a square. Yes. Yeah. That was physically done. Um. But there were also elements of it which were touched up in post-production. <clears throat> I mean, that's not a crime. I know Bond's famous for doing practical stuff, um, doing stuff on an mm. insanely large soundstage. Um, but I think um, the fact that that was that even that physical stunt was touched up in uh, in in post-production with CGI incorporated into it, I think has has surprised and disappointed a lot of people. And apparently... Okay, the, the fact <clears throat> that people didn't... Excuse me. The fact that people thought it was practical and real. Mm-hmm. Um, does that make the fact that it wasn't bad? Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a funny mm. one, isn't it? Um, I think the, the conversation goes into the fact that... Um, Bond movies were always done. You know, if we can do, the, it's about the executing something uh, for real and actually yeah. showing it, and people being really impressed with that. I mean, when you look at, I don't know what you would call it now, but say the the classic run of James Bond movies, you know, with the stunts that were involved. When you look at all those films, yeah, the fact that they were that they were done for real, you know the. You know, the man with the golden gun with the car turning 360 degrees in the air then landing on the other side of the bridge the right way. And that was done mm-hmm. in one take. And that's incredible. That's like one of the best stunts still ever. That's incredibly impressive. Or um, 
Yeah, I guess if they start doing it now, it's a it's slippery like, slope. Uh, yeah, and it's kind of like, well, we're losing the magic of it, and we're losing one of the things which... And before you know it, it's just another Fast and Furious. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. Um, so, anyway, bringing you back to this, I think there's going to be uh, a conversation with regards to the, the use of CGI a bit more, and just going... I mean, obviously, with the, something like the, the use of um, the Sea Devil... I think you kind of go well. I would understand something like that. Why that would uh, be CGI, but when but when you're looking at it, as was just going well, if you haven't got the time and the money in order to make it look real, Vinton, yeah, then don't bother. Then don't bother. Mm. Um, and it goes back into you know when classic Doctor Who was being made, it had a considerably smaller. You know, it had a relatively small budget for what it was doing in general, but certainly when you compare it to new Doctor Who, I mean, the, the budget's even, you know, doesn't even compare. But I think the fact that they were able to do what they did, but you're still very, I still find it very easy to suspend my disbelief whilst watching it. And compared to this, I, it just, mm, it doesn't look as good, in my opinion, is really what it comes down to. Yeah. But then it's, but then it's not just the look of it, it's those choices again. And when you're going, when you're going, well, what's... Having, you know, when it's still in stone and the eye's moving. It's not convincing. It's no, it's, it's not true. It's not. I mean, when, you, when you're watching something and then you're taking out that viewing experience because you're going, well, how does the physics of that actually work? Mm. It's like, hmm, okay. So it's it's not just a case of... Cause this, and this is the problem that I have. I don't, I don't want to seem like I'm criticising the, the, the actual... Uh, people involved in making you know these special effects because these are people who who know their business and and want to do the best job that they can so i don't want to feel like i'm i'm knocking the science fiction uh, team at uh, the science uh, the special effects team sorry um, um really what it comes down to it's like what i've said it's like well you know they would have only had a certain amount of time and money in order to do what they were told to do um, so they probably did the best within those confines. So then, really what I'm coming down to is going, well, in that case, it's sort of like, well, the actual production team themselves, I think, should have questioned um, the approach and how they made the story. And it also comes down to the direct directorial choices as well, because it, it would have been the director's choice. It probably would have been written in the script as well, but it also would have been the director's choice of actually, well, let's have a shot showing it whilst it's still encased in stone, uh, it's eyes narrow and all the rest of it. Mm. So, um, do it off camera. That's scary. <laughs> yeah, it is actually. Yeah. yeah. E wow. <laughs> so yeah. So that's the pre-title scene. That's <laughs> one of forty-two bullet points I've made. All right. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm I'm eliminating some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? Down on the beach. As a pirate, uh, yeah. Well, I like I liked all that. You know, one uh, I, I like the character Dan in general. Anyway, um, yeah. Uh, um, do you like his attitude? Yeah, I do. He's just yeah. you know, he's just nice person. Yeah, just great. Has a laugh. Doesn't take himself too seriously. You know, he's like he's a bit. You know, he looks a bit silly. Although I do think that the, the actual costume design of it and uh, how it was put together, I think it looks great. Um, you know, and him and Yas having a laugh. Yeah, and that whole thing it's about not, it's not a cheap costume. Like if you went to a fancy dress party with that on. People are going to be like, whoa. Yeah, it's just like, 
yeah um but the whole thing of you know yaz uh getting down to to wear that stuff it's fun and then the, you know the doctor's reaction just going it is a bit over the top and all the rest of it you know yeah i, I like all that i think it's good we'll have a bit of a fight scene in the village mm-hmm. and the doctor meets the sea devils for the first time this is where we have the infamous leap like a mile across <laughs> <laughs> yep swiftly moving on <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, I think that says everything that we need to with regards to that. Uh-huh. The sea devil talks to his crew on the ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about the look of the ship? It looks a bit seaweedy. I don't know what, what else do you want me to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, yeah. Mm. Mm, be cool. Do you think we should hijack a ship? Yeah, I've never done it before. Maybe fun. We'll give it a go in a bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the the ship, I'm guessing they used to we they used the same set redressed. Yes, I think so. Yeah, that probably would have made sense. Yeah. They didn't build two giant ships, but I do know they built they did build a very large set. <laughs> they didn't go to a they go to an existing ship and shoot there. So, anything else in the story you want to jump ahead to? Not yet. But what I was is just uh, just going back a little bit to the. Um to the early part when we're introduced to the TARDIS crew. Um, one thing I'm not... I mean, this criticism can be levelled at um, New Who in general, but I think definitely the Jodie Whittaker era in particular is the use of the sonic screwdriver. Um, and it's, it's, it's definitely one thing about the Whittaker era which really I just find irritating because I think it's incredibly lazy. Yeah, um, she she uses it in a fight in this. It's well, it's just everything. Which just, makes the swords like go orange. Yeah, well, fair enough. But it's just constantly it's mine now. It, it's just constantly just waving it around, and the whole thing of what could have been done, I think, much more effectively with just actually a few lines of dialogue. You know, you. I'm not saying these exact words, but you could have, you know, just something like uh, just something on the lines of our, you know, the TARDIS guidance systems have. We haven't landed where we were supposed to be. According to the instruments, we're in whatever year it is. Rather than just waving around and going, oh, we're in this year. I don't know what it is. Just the constant use of the sonic screwdriver just hacks me off. Mm. I think it's just incredibly lazy. And it's actually one of the things... Because even in classic Doctor Who, they didn't overuse the sonic screwdriver. But even John Nathan Turner, he went, it's far too easy a tool. Uh, It... It makes the writers lazy. Get rid of the damn thing, um, so we can, so it can be a bit more uh, imaginative of how the Doctor finds information out or gets out of a situation. It's so. I hope one thing is that when we leave the Whitaker era and go in, in going into the future, I don't think they're going to scrap <sighs> one, the Sonic Screwdriver, but just use it far less, please. Mm. Anyway, rant over. Let's carry on. Yeah, we'll see. We might be having this exact same conversation two years from now. <laughs> Probably. Uh, um, so, there is a giant sea creature. Not the the murker, I think we can say now. Yeah, yeah. Did that thing even die? <laughs> is it still around? That's a good question, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Probably still around. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, interestingly, the Doctor and Yaz go off in the TARDIS and leave Dan. They want to get to the bottom of things. They, they literally leaves the time period. 
Um, and while they're doing this, Dan and um, that, that young lad, I forgot his name, um, <laughs> they claim aboard another ship. Um, he thinks Dan is 72. <laughs> yeah. He's not. He's, he says he's 42, mm-hmm. but he, he hesitates. And I suppose he set, he spent a good few years in the flux, too. Oh yeah, that's true. Actually, forgot. Yeah, forgot. Oh yeah, forgot about that. Uh-huh. So Yaz and the Doctor travel back to the 16th century to Jihun's ship, and they see him seemingly making a deal with the Sea Devils and getting his crew to jump aboard, jump overboard. Um, but as it would be revealed later on, he was saving his crew, um, kind of stolen, and he gave one of them the keystone which was a treasure from the blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Is there a bit where the Doctor and Yaz... Oh, yes. They're, they go to the bottom of the ocean because they jump back forward to the 18th century to the same coordinates as the ship, but they end up on the seabed, Yeah. which is um, yeah, brilliant sequence. Um, visually, one of the more striking parts of the episode, do you reckon? Oh, yes, yeah, definitely. Because mm-hmm. we have the, the fish swimming, swimming around the TARDIS like an air bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, an air bubble that he has questions. You think she'd kind of know how it all works by now? Yeah, that, that, yeah that's true, actually. I think, well. mm, I think it's... T- I don't think because one of the problems that again that I have with this episode, I don't think it's one of the most brilliantly written. Um, I think it's actually quite lazy. I mean, one of the things that Chris Chibnall was, and this is prior to becoming um, in charge of Doctor Who, but one thing that Chris Chibnall was always uh, praised for, uh, particularly in programs like Broad Broadchurch, was uh, the fact that he wrote character, you know, particularly well. Um, I don't it's know. not this time around. Well, I, I would say that... The, the, I don't know what's happened since he took over in Doctor Who. I think... Because uh, we, we've talked about this previously. I mean, Ryan's a very good example. Yaz, in particular. Apart from the, the last few uh, you know, episodes. Uh, his talent for writing character seems to have completely deserted him. And, um, and I think this is a good example of... This is imparting information to the audience... Which is that, yes, the TARDIS is on the seabed, but there's an air bubble, so that's how they're able to open the doors, not get flooded, and still breathe. But that's, uh, but what they've done is, in order to impart that information to us, the audience, uh, is do it in a way by having a character like Yaz, who at this point, as you said, Rob, should know all this, and know how the TARDIS works, etc., so impart this information to the audience in a way where a, char- where a character has to... Um, go against their character in order to yeah so it's got, mm. i know it's yeah. a small point but i think it i think it it tells a much bigger picture about one of the problems that i have with the jodie whittaker era mm. which they could is have just a throwaway yeah. line where the, where they're like yes initiate air bubble, air bubble <laughs> initiated. yeah i mean maybe not that exactly but yeah i think it could have been um done much better or um, or maybe not even just mention it at all. Yeah, 
Because the TARDIS seems to be capable of doing bloody anything. So, but, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, but anyway, so as I said, I think it, it's a small point, but I think it's much telling of a much bigger issue that I have with the Jodie Whittaker as a whole, which is um, characterization seems to go completely out the window on a whim. Um, and the fact that we have to impart this information that is an air bubble by getting a character to go out of character is, uh, yeah, I just think it's telling in general. Yeah. Yet in the same scene, he does try to shoehorn in a bit of characterization. <clears throat> um, we have the line where the doctor says, I'm not a bad date, am I? And where we're like pointing at the telly thinking, did she meet, didn't she? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's that bit of, you know, and then there's a, there's a bit of awkwardness. Uh, yeah. there. To be perfectly honest, right, those moments between the Doctor and Yaz, there's this moment, well, I would say there's three big moments uh, here, this being one of them. Later on, there's a bit when uh, they're doing everything that they need to do to defeat the, the Sea Devils, and whilst they're doing all that, the Doctor and Yaz are having that conversation, um, where the Doctor basically acknowledges the, the feelings that they have for one another, and she's saying, well, if I was to go out, this is the reason why I can't go out you know, go on a date partly. We'll have a proper conversation about it later. But if I were, it would be with you. That scene, I really like. And later on, when there's just a scene between um, them together, it's it's actually those moments uh, which I think work effectively. So I know this may seem com- completely contradict the point that I made before. Um, but it's one of the frustrating things because there is an attempt of character development and we have seen it and it is successful but it's very inconsistent and it's all over the place but when they get it right they get it right and it works and those moments i think work uh you know work very well yeah and i just don't think it was seeded early enough like there's no foundations to it like all these years i haven't been longing to see the Doctor and Yaz get together because it didn't occur to me. Well, it's funny and, because uh, over the years, when we were talking about this podcast, we've we've talked about this, and I've always had a sneaking suspicion that they would go down this route of um, Yaz being romantically interested in the Doctor. <clears throat> um, so there is partly an element there, but as I've said, I felt that that was more... That was more coming across with how the actors were um, playing their parts rather than how it was written. I completely agree with you, Rob, that... there. I mean, I think in retrospect, there are certain points where you could go, um, oh, there's that moment which kind of maybe indicates that there's something going on. Um, but you're right, it hasn't... It, it's... Um, what was the, the previous Dalek story? Was it Eve of the Daleks? The Barrowman one. No, the one where you know where they're trapped in the building and there's a time loop. Oh, um, no, that was Eve of the Daleks. Is it? Barrowman, Barrowman was re- Revolution. No. Or... Anyway, you know which one I mean. You know where, yeah, yeah. where they're trapped in the building. There's a time loop and everything like that. Yeah. It's then when it, uh, you know, because then it's really spelled out that um, you know uh, Yaz is in love with the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, you know, I do like I do like how that's how that's done, how uh, how the actors play the part, the relationship between Yaz and Dan, and then having that conversation, and 
So I like those moments individually, but I completely agree with you, Rob, that actually, when you look at it, none of that was sewn in properly. No. It's just getting forced upon us. Yes, mm. and I think, you know, and again, that you know, that's really frustrating. So when you get moments like this, it's nice in of themselves. You know, you kind of go, oh, this is, you know, it's nice. Um, it's written reasonably well. Uh, I like how the actors are performing these scenes. Mm. But it comes across as a bit hollow. Because at the end of the day, there's no real substance to this because it hasn't been properly written in and woven into the st you know th these episodes over the years that we've been with these characters. Mm. And one of the biggest problems that I've always had with Yaz, nothing to do with the basic character, and certainly not in terms of the actress, because I think she does a really, really good job. But, you know, when you look at the first and second series of Jodie Whittaker, one thing that you and I always said was, what is the point of her character? Once again, she's been massively sidelined. Mm. It, it took a long, long time for Yaz as a character to actually be given some of the, the limelight that she deserved from the very beginning. Uh, and, you know, finally we're building into these romantic moments. And as I said... In of themselves, they're fine. Uh, they're written reasonably well and acted superbly well. But where was any of the, the actual substance? None mm. of it's been there. And where's it going? Because now that it's become a thing, we know it's ending. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Um, it's a shame because generally in good drama... Um, a romance is a really gripping thing. In fact, a lot of a lot of like, soap operas and comedy dramas really capitalise on that mm -hmm. and pace it. If they can pace it well over a good few years, yeah, it can be a, a big strength for a show. Yeah, very much so. Um, yeah, it's a shame. Like I was watching um, Gilmore Girls the other day. Okay, I, I could probably say it's my favourite show. Oh, All right. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's just the episode where two of the main characters, we've got Lorelai and Luke, and kind of friends throughout all the seasons, but, um, you know, they're meant to be together. Neither of them kind of admit it, even though everyone knows it, and um, he finally admits to himself that he does love her, and then they kind of have a dance at the wedding. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's that kind of thing that has been building up over years. Mm -hmm. And really gives the right feels, and it's just it's just Doctor Who's just empty. <laughs> yeah, well, there's we'll a. Um, I've only become aware of this recently, but it came out a few years back on on Netflix. Now, keeping in mind, I haven't seen the the all the episodes and all the shows, but oh, I really want to. There's a comedy called Shits Creek, mm -hmm. and in that show, because it's it, it's got Catherine O'Hara, famous for playing the mother in the Home Alone movies, as well as doing other things. But that's you know that's the first memory of it. Um, She's great. She plays this really eccentric... Uh, she plays the mother and the wife of, of this family. Uh, she's great. But anyway, the, um, there's a there's a character called David. And he ends up uh, having a romantic relation. Uh, he ends up falling in love with Patrick and Patrick, you know. The, and during the course of um, the episodes, you see how David and Patrick and how their relationship builds mm -hmm. over the years that the series goes on. And it's so, you know it's a comedy series. Some of it is generally funny, but actually it's really, really touching. And there's moments where you got, <laughs> I've got something in my eye. 
and it, it, it's fantastic and um and you know that, that that's a comedy series and they've written you know this wonderful uh romantic relationship within the, the, the series and one of the great joys of it's not it's not just a case of enjoying the the plots and the laughs but one of the great joys of that show is seeing those two characters um uh, develop feelings for each other and how that unfolds and it's really joyous it's just wonderful that could have been done here and obviously it would be leading up to something tragic because at the end you know Yaz has fallen and fallen in love with Whitaker's version of the doctor who we know you know at some point is going to die and regenerate but it could have been written in a really uh, in a much better way much more strongly um, have it a big focus on that TARDIS crew, you know the fam. Yeah. Although I hate that, too. but you know it's a that could have been that could have been something woven in from the very beginning and seeing it grow and develop. And I think it would have been quite nice if we if you know we had moments of joy between Yaz and the Doctor. If, it could have been so much better. As I said, the individual moments in in stories like this one that we're reviewing, fine. And those are the things that stick in my mind. But again, it just—it's a massive disappointment. It could have been so much better. Oh, there's so much good telly out there. Mm. Why we're we doing this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's—I mean, the fact that um, when Legends of the Sea Devils came out, it was—I wasn't—I didn't—I wasn't dying to watch it. Mm. And the fact that it's taken today because we, well, I suppose I've got to watch it because we're going to be talking about it. <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> Dan and Madame Ching and the young lad were on her ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, the giant creature was coming towards them. And I like how it just spits the cannonballs back at them. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. The Doctor and Yaz get to meet the sea devils um, and they speak to the leader mm-hmm. um, because the TARDIS has been grabbed by that big creature taken inside his tummy or taken to a subterranean layer make of it what you will mm-hmm. and the doctor stalls because they believe she might have the keystone and she wants to kind of keep them guessing she goes to see the Ji-Hun's ship which is um, in the subterranean cave, and then she meets Ji-Hun himself. It, it's quite bizarre that the Doctor is someone he's never met, yet in the room with the other sea devil in the corner, after all these years, he admits to the Doctor where the keystone is. He's like, well, I don't know who you are, but I'll tell you. <laughs> well, the poor man's exhausted. I mean, he's, he's yeah. been held in that state for centuries. I suppose. And I mean, he does look fed up. And I don't blame him. I'd be fed up, stuck in this story. But, um, so, no. I don't understand. It's just like, I'm sick of this. Make it end. You know, and be like, well, you're not a sea devil. I left it with this bloke. Now, now let me sleep. So it turns out the sea devils are trying to flip the planet's magnetic poles. Did I understand it correctly, Liam? Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, um, so yeah, and I've known that this is actually a thing. Um, mm-hmm. There's a theory that the magnetic pole reversal 
yeah. is a natural occurrence, mm-hmm. which happens um, occasionally. And supposedly, we are overdue a magnetic reversal. Yeah, they're saying that it could actually happen during our lifetime. Mm. Mm. Um, I don't think that'll cause us to all die. But it's, I, don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily think it's, it's not linked with all the mass extinctions or anything, is it? Or is it associated? No, not that I'm aware of. I mean, it, uh, uh, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, obviously, it will have an effect. I mean, compasses yeah. won't work for for a start. Yeah. God, what well, that would be crazy if it happened like tomorrow. Mm. I wonder how it would affect like gyroscopes and compasses and. I think the technical everything. term would be they would completely that it would foul them up. There's like GPS and everything mm-hmm. on board stuff. That, yeah. Be screwed. <laughs> yeah. They manage to. Well, the sea devil realizes that the doctor does not have the keystone, and before the doctor is about to be killed, she raises the ship up to the surface. Um, this is when she Geronimo's over to the other ship, mm-hmm. and then they Geronimo back at some point. But uh, what happens in between, Liam? Well, there's that uh, sword fight, Oh, yes, they have a sword fight. Yeah, yeah how, could I, how could I forget that? <laughs> so, <laughs> big epic fight. Um, Dan gets his hook out. Mm-hmm. Um, uses it. And uh, do you like Dan's fighting styles? <laughs> yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah. they're all right. I mean, it's, it's not the best sword fight that I've ever seen. No. I think it could have been choreographed a bit better. Um, Perhaps, yeah. But... You know, fine. Yeah. The th- yeah. the thing that really irritated me at the end was that you know they've been fighting this sea devil who intends to kill them. They're fighting for their lives, so they defeat it. Um, the sea devil kills it. Yeah, and then the doctor goes, "You didn't have to kill it." My first reaction it was, "Yes, you bloody did." Yes, it was necessary to kill the damn thing. I'm sorry, no. Yeah. And I know that um, the doctor tries to avoid violence, but the doctor's not a pacifist. And of course, that doesn't mean you know that yeah. it, you know that you have to just kill things willy nilly. I get that, but it's just. And again, this is another thing. Do you remember uh, arachnids in the UK? Yeah. Just going, you know, that whole thing about. Um, uh, I've forgotten the the the, villain, the character the the villain, the Trump yeah, wannabe. Yeah, not character. But yeah. uh, he kills the the giant spider by shooting it, and then the doctor goes up and he's just going, you know, you know, that's disgusting. You didn't. Do it. And so I was like, what? Oh, you actually just wanted the, the the thing to suffocate to death, and actually, that's what you do to all the other spiders. You trap them in a uh, in in a locked airtight room, room airtight like. room, and suffocate them all. Oh, but that's that's perfectly all right. That's humane. Yeah, that that's humane. No problems here. It's just going for oh, for frick's sake that this thing's ridiculous. And then here, it's just going. You didn't have to kill it. Yes, yes, they did. <laughs> and then immediately afterwards, it's not as if it was a case of oh well, maybe we should consider the doctor's point of view. No, we actually see Dan just kill a whole load of like seven uh, sea devils all at once with the sword, and be, and then that scene is just a uh, that's a cool moment. So, so, yeah. Well, what's your approach here? Are you trying to say that was the Doctor right, or I mean, what? Uh, sod off. <laughs> yeah. But that's funny when um, Dan's like, oh. And with Ji Hun, he's badass. He's gonna kick your asses. Yeah, yeah. And then he doesn't. Uh-huh. And then Dan just swipes them. On yeah. the he goes, "How did you fight like that?" <laughs> like, <laughs> what move my arm? Yeah, <laughs> that's how it was just just 
Oh, I've always known how to move my arm. It's, it's, it's a skill that I have. While they're doing that, wow. um, Madame Ching and the young lad go off to get... I'm sorry, I'm being disrespectful. I didn't learn the character's name. It's all right, Rob. He's really I'm important. That, so I, it's not as if she was going, how can you forget, Rob? His name's Tim. But <laughs> just like, I, I don't know his name either. Yeah, I know who you mean, but... No. Is it Tim? No, it's not, but it's, it's just... No, that non-district... That nondescript character, whose whose yeah. whose whole entire thing was his father was killed at the beginning of the episode, and that's all you need to know about him. Um, so they go off to get the treasure of blah 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 blah, blah, blah <laughs> and <laughs> yes. the, the, the doctor and Yaz talk about how, what you mentioned earlier about having a date. Mm-hmm. Um, she says Yaz is one of the greatest people she's ever known, but she says she can't have a relationship because time runs out. I guess time runs out with regards to how long she can spend with people, but also we've got this this ominous entity who is time mm-hmm. from Flux. Yeah. Um, Ji Hun, he's a cool guy. He stays behind to stop the machine. Yeah, and that came completely out of the blue. I've got to hold this, otherwise we'll be... Oh, I'll hold it. Great, see you. And it, again, that was just... I mean, I think that... I mean, really, I think that's kind of quite comical because again i think it's just like that's really lazy you didn't even shoot anyway because he just pops up yeah just go yes you gotta go because i gotta hold these cables together no i've just randomly arrived and popped up just whoa where the hell did you come from i will hold the cable are you sure yes okay bye and that's it so madame ching has got the treasure now and she can use it to get her crew back mm-hmm. and her sons and um, that young lad stays with her mm-hmm so then they go to hang out on the beach because Yaz was promised a, a beach. Mm-hmm. Dan rings Diane. That's when everyone's like cringing at home. I'm like, no, she rejected you. We were alone. Um, but oddly enough, she's had time to think about it. Mm-hmm. She does like Dan. She wants him. Yeah, that's going somewhere. Yaz and the Doctor have a chat. The Doctor explains why she can't fix herself to anyone. And she doesn't want to face the hurt. Yeah, this is where Yaz says that thing about our nanny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something about facing the hurt. So maybe she will, maybe she won't. Who knows? Um, so the Doctor makes a wish. She says, I wish it would go on forever. <laughs> well, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Awkwardly enough, her wish seems to come true because she wasn't, you know, when you make wishes, you have to be specific. Mm-hmm. And she threw a stone and it seems to have went on forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her wish was for the stone to skim forever. That's a wasted wish. Yeah. And well, I'm sure Big anyway. Finish will be able to do the, sco- the stone the, skimming the st- chronicles. The skimming stone. <laughs> Infinite ranges. Yeah. Well, that's it then. I think we need to get some fresh air in a minute. Um, but any any like final thoughts on our story breakdown? I think we've uh, covered the main points. I know that uh, you had a million bullet points. Although, uh, yeah, uh, I skimmed through them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did were there one or two others that you? You want to bring up, or do you feel... Like... No, because here and there, 
we kind of cover those points anyway. Right, okay, good, good. So that's pretty much it. Um, so should we stand up, go outside? Yeah, I need to stretch yeah. my legs. Yeah, how are we? See you there, boys. Who are you talking to? We haven't talked to anyone else in here. Ah, it's better. So, my phone's still working, so should we look back at some of the latest listener responses? Yep, good idea, may as well. Great stuff. How's this working? Uh, anyway, let's not question it. Just read them. Yeah, I think it's relaying the Wi-Fi from the TARDIS. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Silly question. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, we did a poll that you might like. We asked, which is the worst Sea Devil story? <laughs> right, okay. Sea Devils... Warriors of the Deep or Legend of the Sea Devils. Okay. Well, what a fair few votes. Right. How do you think it fair? Hmm. I can't see anyone saying, or the vast majority of people saying, the Sea Devils. So mm-hmm. I think it'd be between the other two. Um, um, tr- uh, it's a bit of a tricky one. I couldn't reveal that the Sea Devils was zero votes. Oh, really? Okay. Right. So it's between the other two. Um, uh, may, I don't think, funny enough, I don't think there's going to be that much difference between the two, but maybe, I don't know, maybe a bit more Warriors of the Deep? 50-50? Oh, really? Okay, right. Equally as bad. <laughs> right. So we're coming up to the dock now. Mm-hmm. The, um, do you want to pick a ship? We'll just hijack it. Um, we won't go for the big one because there's only two of us that wouldn't make any sense let's get that medium sized one the black and gold mm. trim black and gold trim okay. okay there's no one here so how do we how do we sail it I thought you knew and they pull that let's pull this rope oh yeah 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 um, undo that rope yeah hold on um, no good with knots there we go uh Right. Um, where's the big steery wheel thing? Big steery wheel. That would be it over there. You go turn that, and I'll give it a push. Does this have an ignition? Or do? Um, or is it you all could just ignite wind it power? with fire. Wind power. <laughs> <laughs> would it, yeah. I'll just grip onto this thing and hope for the best. I'll, I mean, we're untied from the harbour, so we should be moving soon. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're drifting epically slow. <laughs> The wind might pick up. Um, yeah, so hit the seas, high seas. So um, let's look at some listeners' listeners' responses that we just got um, in this past week. Um, so we asked you all, what did you think of um, Legends of the Sea Devils? Uh, Matt from neither the Time nor Space podcast. Uh, got in touch. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've detested an episode more. The first episode I watched haven't caught up, and this is what I got. So essentially, Matt had been um, discovering Doctor Who on a catch up, and uh, so this is the first opportunity he got to watch one live. Um, he said, however, when you consider the restrictions in place when making it, it can be more forgiven. Um, I guess so. Um, perhaps it's best described as an ambitious mess. 
Also, as part of the after show, Rob's wife didn't agree with my drawing of a sea devil. Um, she didn't agree it was the best one, despite it clearly being the best art in the competition. Well, yeah, it wasn't the best. What wasn't the best? Um, well, we had a sea devil art competition on the after show. Oh, so every, right. everyone drew a sea devil. Right, okay. And um, Matt's wasn't the best. Well, so says you. Have you still got a picture of it? I don't believe so, uh, but I'll have a look on my phone. <laughs> right, okay. And I'll let you know. Um, otherwise, if you watch the three-hour after show, it'll be on there somewhere. Right. Steve Matthewman said, bloody awful. <laughs> like it, yeah. Um, Satsunami from the, the brilliant Chatsunami podcast. Got in touch. Um, hi there. While it's a really cool and fascinating period of history to explore, I feel like a, um, I feel like a bit of a it feels like a bit of a letdown. I can't quite put my finger on it, but it wasn't exactly the swashbuckling adventure I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, the notorious Mark Cockrum from All Time Space podcast got in touch. Hi, Mark. After all the hype when the teaser trailer was released, um, it turned out to be something of a damp squid. Sorry, squib. Way. His words, not mine. <laughs> Way. We hey. love a good bad pun. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. Lee Wood said, It could never live up to the hype. That fandom built up in the weeks before broadcast. The Sea Devils looked and sounded great, arguably the best reimagining of a classic series monster after the Daleks. Jodie Whittaker hit her stride in her second series and carried on um, a great run here. I'm glad uh, Lee liked it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good to hear um, uh, positive reaction to it. I agree with regards to the voice because it's that wonderful blend of getting the original voice um, from the classic Doctor Who and just tweaking it slightly. Yeah, uh, but I, I got to say, yeah, I, I did find the the voices impressive with the new uh, Sea Devils. Yeah, yeah, we even got the Turkey Gobble when um, Ji Hun impaled the Sea Devil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least I think we did. Otherwise, I just made a bit of a tip myself there. Never mind. Ian Martin, uh, the other half of all of Time and Space podcasts, got in touch. He said, "Still haven't mustered the willpower to watch it." Um, I totally sympathise with that <laughs> because yeah. I was exactly the same. Um, I'd say uh, at the time I, I did reply to him. I said, "Ignorance is bliss." <laughs> Liam hasn't had the strength to watch it yet either, so I forced him. <laughs> well, let's face it. The only reason why I, I totally admit it. The only reason why I watched it was because we're reviewing it for the, reviewing it for this podcast. Otherwise, I wouldn't have bothered. If we hadn't have been creating this podcast, would you have bothered with Whitaker's era? No. I th- Well, obviously, to begin with, I, I would have watched the, the first episode out of uh, intrigue and then maybe the second. Yeah. Oh, and I, I think I definitely would have uh, I definitely would have watched Rosa. Rosa, yeah. Uh, de- I definitely would have watched that because uh, of the, the, interest, the interest of the historical period and her, her as a person, Rosa yeah. Parks. Yeah. Uh, and then you would have watched the fourth. <laughs> and then, yeah, maybe then that would have... Yeah, but I think after that, I probably wouldn't have bothered. Yeah. So, Hooniverse Draws said, um, that's draws as in draws pictures, not draws as in pants. <laughs> right, okay. 
it has nice Doctor and he has scenes, mm -hmm. but there are story problems. Sea Devils become supervillains that still couldn't move their mouths. The wonderful Sonia got in touch. Say hello to Sonia. Hi, Sonia. I was really excited to see it um, as it was f the first episode of Doctor Who I had seen in time with the rest of the world. I thought the costumes were beautiful. Mm -hmm. I thought the Thasman scenes were nicely acted. But overall, I was underwhelmed. I don't think it was horrible. Just meh. I also really like Dan and Yaz as friends. Yeah. I feel like Danis. Oh, sorry, no. Not, I thought Danis was a compilation of Yasmin and Dan. I thought I didn't get it, but okay. Sorry. I feel like Dan is definitely more Yaz's companion than the Doctor's. Yeah, I completely agree with that point with regards to uh, Dan and Yaz's relationship. And yeah, because I know we're basically repeating myself, but yeah, those scenes between the, do uh, the Doctor and Yaz are finer themselves, but they don't really weave into anything bigger, which they should. And so actually, it's Yaz and Dan who come across as, as just being really good buddies. Uh, not only because it's not just in terms of their relationship in this story, but it's what we've seen previously. Um, and it is, it is nice to see. So I agree with that, yeah. We have one final tweet from the wonderful Rob Keeley. Hi, Rob. I seem to have been the only one who enjoyed this. Who wouldn't like something with pirates and sea devils? Fun swashbuckling adventure for Easter, let down only by finishing early as usual to a woke bit. Did anyone see any sign of the Dr. Yaz thing before these specials? Yeah, well, that feeds into the conversation that we've had. With regards to sort of, because um, as I said, in previous podcasts, we, we've talked about this. Um, and I did think that they were going to go down that route. But as I said, that was in terms of, I think, um, the actors' performances rather than what was written there. In terms of the writing, it definitely wasn't there. Hmm. So thanks everyone for the tweets. I hope you all played along with the quiz. I'd love to know what score you got. Um, before we, f we finish off this episode, we did a poll. How would you rate Doctor Who Legend of the Sea Devils? Uh, this poll we did um, at the back end of April. Mm -hmm. uh, we got 66 votes. It's very close between the uh, results. 30-odd percent said good, 31 average, 37 bad. Okay, so kind of like really evenly, evenly split across the, the three. Right, okay. Yeah. More inclined to say bad, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, never mind. So I'm not sure where I want to go with a conclusion personally for this. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would rate it an average or a bad, but I think it's really unfortunate that we didn't have a redeeming story since Warriors of the Deep. I mean, the Sea Devils weren't as sidelined as they were there, mm -hmm. but it doesn't do justice to the original Sea Devil story. No, that's true. I may revise what I'm about to say because it's been a very long time since I've seen Warriors of the Deep, but I would much rather watch that than Legends of the Sea Devils. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Visually, it was great. Great sets, um, great costumes, both the humans and the sea devils, when you don't take into account the CGI. Uh, well, never mind. 
one more one more way to get the goal, Liam. Yeah. Nelly there. I've been I've been thinking um, quite a bit about how I'd rank, how I would rank this between average and bad, and it's it, it's great that from some of the the listeners' responses, we have got people who like this this episode, and I'm pleased there are people who have enjoyed it. And to be honest, I I, I kind of wish I was able to enjoy it like they have, but I I haven't. I personally would rank it bad. I don't think it's the worst Doctor Who story ever, but. There are, t- there are too many problems with regard to the writing, um, is really what it comes down to. It feels rushed. Uh, I think there are some directorial choices which don't help with me engaging with with what we have. And I have absolutely no desire to rewatch it. And really, that's what comes down to it's sort of because you can have things well, it doesn't quite work or whatever. And there are elements within Legends of the Sea Devils which aren't too bad and i do quite like you know one of our uh actually a couple of our listeners have said that they really like the costumes and yeah i think the costumes are really really good you know so there are there are aspects of the production which are impressive um and there are one or two scenes which are quite nice and what have you so there, there are positives here but by and large i just i don't find the story particularly engaging I don't find it to be the fun swashbuckling adventure that I feel that it should be. I know one of our listeners found that, and that that's absolutely great. But for me, um, no. So yeah, just no. massively disappointing. And I think one mm. of the, and I had a, in that sense, actually, I think the trailer that was given for this story did actually sell the story very well. Um, because when I saw that trailer, I just had a feeling of just going, mm, I don't think I'm going to be, I, I don't think I'm going to particularly enjoy that episode. And that's why I've never had the burning desire to, to watch it up until now. And mm. yeah. So unfortunately, um, quite negative from me, but being yeah. honest. It's a shame considering it's a doctor's penultimate story. When you look back, we've had like Waters of Mars, Hellbent, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. In that respect, make it forgotten a bit. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the quiz and this chat. If you like this, you might want to go and check out our episode of the After Show. I'll put the link in the description. Now, me and Liam are going to stick around. We're going to go below deck. We're doing a special episode, Cloisterville Below Deck. <laughs> um, and it's a bonus episode exclusive, exclusively for our brilliant patrons of the podcast. Should you like to support the podcast? Um, we are available at patreon.com forward slash cloisterbell and we have a whole host of bonus episodes on there early access to um, most of our podcasts usually the day before um, and there's a few other things on there video diaries stuff like that so yeah Liam should we go below deck and and we'll see everyone there yep sounds good also on the main podcast what can we expect next week Yes, so next week we will be reviewing the first televised season 18 Doctor Who story, which was Tom Baker's final season, and that's The Leisure Hive. Brilliant. Okay, well, we'll see you then. Okay, bye everyone. Don't forget, uh, Cloisterbell Below Decks, exclusively at patreon.com forward slash Cloisterbell. Say bye to the listeners, Liam. Bye everyone. Bye. Disaster. The cloister bell? Yes. What's that? 
Well, it's a sort of communications device reserved for wild catastrophes and sudden calls to man the battle stations. That's the cloister bell. Don't worry about that for now. It's not really terribly significant. The cloister bell? Oh, no. 